to the show this week. This is George Batista, and this is Wellness Talk. I am your host and your steadfast wellness advocate. Wellness Talk is a show that goes over the latest in health and healing, nutrition, and supplements. We take the mystery out of supplements. We take the mystery out of health, and we give you tips and tools to empower you to live a healthy life. Make sure you go to georgebatista.com to check out all the articles we go over. And by the way, every single week and every single, pretty much almost every day at this point, uh, we're expanding that library. So just make sure that you make it your resource for all the scientific stuff and the studies that we present on this show, because and there's a lot more studies and, and articles on there, by the way, that I can actually present on this show. So, but you know what? It's okay because it's a, it's a great tool for you guys to check out and share. Make sure, by the way, you like, share, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this or wherever you're watching this. You can watch the show and or listen to the show on georgebatista.com or any of the other platforms. So make sure you check it out. Uh, Wellness Talk is also brought to you by Wellness Resources, which is the 35-year-old supplement company, which is on the forefront of clinical nutrition since 1985. Make sure you check them out at myvitaminresource.com because those are all the supplements that we go over on this show. And if you enter the promo code counterparts, you will receive free shipping on any size order. So make sure that you check them out. All right. This week, we've got a lot of important information that we're going to go over this week. So first, from Wellness Resources, we're going to talk about the new dangers of glyphosate. Uh, some of you, you know, I'm sure a lot of you, especially if you're into health, you know exactly what glyphosate is. It's that chemical that's in Roundup and being used every single day, but, you know, many, many people or many different companies. So, but we're going to talk about some new information on the new dangers that they have found and new studies on the, uh, consequences of, of using lots of glyphosate, you know, in your, you know, whether it's your backyard or whether it's on, certain kind of fruits and vegetables or that type of thing, because there's a lot of new information on it. So we're going to go over that. Then again, from wellness resources, we're going to go over on the eight keys to dealing with toxicity. And it's going to be related because some of it is also, you know, obviously people who are dealing with all different types of toxic substances, especially like the glyphosates and all other types of toxic toxic substances. And a lot of people, one of the questions I get asked all the time is how do I detox? What is the best way to detox? And I'm, I, I'm not a proponent of these big type of detox programs per se, because the human body does have the ability to detox itself. But the only thing is that you have to make sure that you give it the right raw materials and you have to do the right things in order for it to detox properly. So anyway, we're going to talk about detoxing. And as far as the eight keys to dealing with toxicity and what are the best nutrients to use and what are the best things to do to help you detoxify naturally. Then we're going to talk about some big science, brand new science on vitamin C. You guys know how I feel about vitamin C. I've talked about it many, many times on this show. We're going to talk about com uh, combining vitamin C with antibiotics destroys cancer stem cells. Again, this is brand new research and this is from medical news today. And this is really, really, really good stuff because I mean, I mean, obviously we know vitamin C, uh, does some, does some really great things and they're combining it with, they're combining it with, um, antibiotics and they found an unbelievable benefit when it comes to, st uh, cancer stem cells. So we're going to go over that science and the research on that, which I think you're going to find very, very interesting. 
And then finally, I'm going to talk about, and I put a couple of articles on georgebatista.com, so make sure you check those out, on why Congress and uh, the FDA are trying to limit your access to supplements. So again, they're trying it again. They've been trying it for many, many years. 2011, they tried it. They've been trying to do this for many years. And there's a few senators that are on, um, who are really trying to get on board with this and pass some legislation on making it harder for supplement companies to come up with new formulations and actually making it now that the FDA is actually going to start to regulate some of these formulations. And so I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about what you can do to try to stop this. Because again, this, I mean, folks, this is going to be, it's going to be a tough fight. Okay. So um, we have to bring everybody on board for this because they're really trying to sneak some things into the legislation this year. And uh, you guys definitely have to know about it. And hopefully we can, uh, again, get this, you know, strike this down um, because um, I mean, they, it's been done before, but um, every, you know, every couple of years or whatever, they try it again. So we're going to go over that. And I'm also going to play a clip um, uh, of uh, Gretchen DeBoe. And she's going to be, she talks a little bit about it on a podcast that I think you will find it of interest. So we've got a lot of good information for you this week. So let's get started. All right. First, from Wellness Resources, the new dangers of glyphosate. So let's go over some of the information here. So according to the National Report on Human Exposure to Environmental Chemicals, at least 80% of study participants ages 6 and older had glyphosate herbicide residue in their urine. And this is the CDC's latest findings, okay? Now, the reports show that the average level of glyphosate residue found in the urine was, is now 0.411 compared to what the old rates were, 0.314. And that was what was discussed in, in prior findings. And, you know, this obviously, uh, this glyphosate is linked to Monsanto, uh, Monsanto's Roundup. Uh, and Roundup has been, and, and glyphosate has been linked to um to a lot of health issues okay so and america is not alone in this chemical exposure france recently reported that 99 percent of the population has glyphosate residue in their urine so it's it's crazy now for those of you who don't know what glyphosate is it's the active ingredient in roundup so you can actually go if you go to your local um, shop or your local Home Depots or whatever it is, you can find Roundup in there. And is it is the most used agricultural herbicide in the world and the second most common home and, and garden use. Okay. So in the United States alone, each year, 200 million pounds of glyphosate-based herbicide is used. And this stays in the soil for months. And over the last 40 plus years of use, higher application loads have become necessary as weeds become resistant to this stuff, okay? And now one of the things that uh, they have found is that glyphosate, well, actually, when we look back at it, first of all, glyphosate has been considered, okay, as a uh, probable carcinogen with a compelling link with exposure and development of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So it's not like this is, you know, risk-free, okay? The government knows, everybody knows what glyphosate is all about. Now, it's considered a probable carcinogen, but 
really, really think about it. A probable carcinogen, you really don't want to get near this stuff. You don't want to be using this stuff, especially in your backyards, okay? So glyphosate residue is found in plants, water, human and animal uh, products, food products, urine, blood, and breast milk. And at least 20 countries have banned or restricted glyphosate use. Yet companies like Monsanto, Bayer, and even the EPA insist that it's safe. So right there, you really have to kind of think twice about this stuff and make sure, you know, you kind of, you want to really get educated about this stuff. You don't just want to go out there and believe everything you hear, because honestly, obviously they're, they're still continuing to let the stuff be sold. And even though, you know, obviously there is carcinogenic ingredients in this stuff. Now, there is a process called shikimate, or some people call it shikimate, but it's the shikimate pathway. And it's basically what it's, it's responsible for the production of important components in plants, in, in, fun, in fungi, and in bacteria, and in humans as well. As a matter of fact, the shikimate process is the process by which plants make amino acids from simple building blocks and simple building uh, block precursors, okay? And when you, uh, shikimate is, is actually spelled S-H-I-K-I-M-A-T-E. And uh, glyphosate, this regulates the shikimate pathway and causes shikimate and metabolites to build up in plants. And the results is programmed cell death or apoptosis. Okay. And we've talked about that on the show, but the shikimate pathway is also used by trillions of cells in your gut. Okay, so it's also part of the human the human immune system. Okay, so when you look at your gut and you know that the gut in, uh, microbiome outnumbers all the cells in your human body, you know that if if you're taking in or if you're if these carcinogens are entering your body and they're disrupting the shikimate pathway, it's actually disrupting your gut microbiome. Okay, and thereby it's it's disrupt this pathway, and these changes can lead to a disruption in beneficial bacteria that's in your gut, and it tips the balance to the pro-inflammatory dysfunction that your body can start to uh, exhibit when you start getting gut dysbiosis or or candida albicans and those types of things in your you know in your gut in your immune system. So. Now, glyphosate exposure in the environment and food chain upregulates your glutathione and superoxide dismutase uh, antioxidant enzyme pathways. Now, this extra work increases your body's demand for antioxidants uh, and nutrients so the mechanisms can properly do their job. So think about it now. It's actually disrupting your antioxidant pathway. So, and, and obviously, it's killing off a lot of these uh, antioxidants in your system, making your body need more antioxidant. If you're not taking those antioxidants in, what's happening? The, the scales are going to start tipping. You're going to start to get more uh, pro-inflammatory signals and cytokines in your body leading to dysregulation, which ends up leading to all different types of you know, issues and illnesses and things like that. Now, they've also found and this is new science on this, that glyph uh, glyphosate affects the neurodevelopment changes and brain function. So this is re a recent review studied, uh, study evaluated the impact of lifelong low-dose glyphosate exposure in mice and their gut microbiome. Animals were exposed to glyphosate-based herbicides like Roundup during pregnancy all through adulthood. The results showed impaired social behavior 
increased repetitive behavior, increased mucus production, various inflammatory immune cell changes, increased intestinal permeability, and altered tight junction activity, just to name a few things that they found, okay? Other research showed that it's been linked with birth defects affecting brain and bone malformations, ranging from cleft lip to Down's syndrome. So huge stuff. And this is just with mice, right? Animal studies showed that chronic prenatal exposure to glyphosate-based herbicides were found to disrupt phosphatidylcholine levels and caused uh, increased use of glu uh, glutathione in the brain. These biochemical disruptions were linked with neurodegenerative changes and Glyph uh, glyphosate is an endocrine disruptor of estrogen pathways. It also decreases testosterone levels. So now you also have this carcinogen, which is actually disrupting your hormonal levels, got, uh, men and women. Okay. So again, things you have to think about. These all, these all, uh, they have also found genetic damage when it came to uh, cancer, all different types of cancer, whether it's a colon cancer, bladder cancer, kidney cancer, uh, lymphoma. They found a significant correlation was demonstrated with multiple myeloma, large B cell, uh, B cell lymphoma and not non Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, and bec all because of this glyphosate based exposure, right? So the bottom line is that this is not something to play with because you have to, you have to kind of know what your tolerance is. Okay. And you know, it's, it's, you know, any of these findings and exposures, except, you know, they, they, they shouldn't be acceptable to you and your children. Okay. So, I mean, think about it. Is any, is, is there a safe level, right? Because, you know, they, again, they consider it a probable carcinogen, but is there really a safe level? You have to think about that. Okay. Does your body have enough nutritional fortification and, uh, to manage this, to manage all this onslaught of, of chemicals through glyphosate and any other chemicals. So you have to think about that. Okay. What's your tolerance level? We don't know. Okay. So how well you maintain your body, how will you manage not only chronic, uh, you know, chronic stress, but chronic inflammation, how much nutri what is your nutrient status, right? How much nutrition do you take in every single day? What is your gut status? Is your gut in good shape or not? Okay. How much, uh, again, stress, how much sugar do you take in? Uh, how is your mitochondria? How's your liver? How's your kidneys? How's everything detoxing? You have to look at all this because if you find that obviously you are dealing with a lot of issues and then you're exposing yourself to this type of carcinogen, okay, you're going to have to take in a lot more of the nutrients to make sure that you're fighting off the glyphosates and any of this other stuff that you may be exposed to. So just some things to think about, uh, but this is brand new science on uh, glyphosate and Roundup. Again, my suggestion would be to find alternate ways to deal with it. If you are looking at grass, I mean, you know, if you have a yard and you're dealing with grass or you're dealing with trying to, you know, grow your gardens in your yard, there's, there's many different alternatives but you have to make sure you, you know, look, and I'm not a gardening expert. I believe me, I'm my, my, my wife is actually a lot better in it than I am, but uh, I can tell you that we do not use any kind of chemicals like Roundup or anything like that when it comes to weed. So gar, you know, for our gardens or for our backyard or anything like that. So again, just some things to think about when you are, uh, you know, coming across the stuff, even if you see it in the stores.
Next, again from Wellness Resources, eight keys to dealing with toxicity. Now, so we have all these chemicals, right? Uh, these chemicals that are found in your blood, in your urine, your fat tissues, in your in breast milk, you know, or we have all these things, the, you know, chemicals in your personal hygiene products, right? We have chemicals in shampoos, conditioners, soaps, uh, deodorants, teeth whiteners, uh, hair coloring, synthetic cosmetics, uh, feminine hygiene products. We have chemicals in plastics and, and all t- different types of things you wrap your food in. We have food additives. We have preservatives. We have chemicals in clothing and bedding and mattresses and pesticides. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Now, you can find alternatives to a lot of these chemicals, right? But you have to know where to look, right? You have to make sure you're looking in the health food stores because a lot of times health food stores will sell a lot of these alternatives. Again, alternative shampoos and soaps, deodorants, all this type of stuff, okay? But, you know, again, you have to really go out of your way to um, find those and use those on a regular basis because, again, we're getting bombarded by this stuff every single day. So what can we do? Uh, what can we do to actually try to help our own body and try to deal with a lot of these toxicities? Again, the roundups and the glyphosates and all this other stuff. So I'm going to go down this list and um, I'll try to go through it pretty quickly here. So number one, we want to make some healthy choices here. So first of all, choose organic whole foods and filtered spring water as much as possible. So support your local uh, small family farms and make sure you avoid, again, using glyphosate-based herbicides and chemicals and Roundup, that type of thing, okay? Uh, Number two, choose other methods of weed control when possible. This is what I was just talking about in the previous segment. Number three, choose your personal care items uh, to natural products, okay? Or change your personal care items to natural products. So again, go to the health food stores and read those labels. See, uh, look for the more natural products if you can. See what's in them. If it's a huge long list of stuff you can't pronounce, don't even use it. But again, this is this is what we can to limit exposure. Obviously, we live in planet Earth. We're not going to limit our exposure 100% because it's just impossible. Because walking outside, right, and getting hit with free radicals as you walk throughout the day is just impossible to, you know, to do anything about that. So what we can do is there are things that we can control. We can control our nutritional status and we can control the things that we take in and use on a regular basis. And this is what we're talking about, okay? So number four, change your bedding and mattresses to natural materials like organic, cotton, wool, linen, and natural latex. Number five, consider a medical-grade air purifier for your bedroom and or whole house to help reduce indoor air pollution and total body burden from other toxic uh, toxin sources. And this is one of the things I talked about in the last podcast when it came to allergies. Um, I did a series, uh, a whole series, a whole show on allergens and what you can do to help lessen your allergies like I did. And that was one of the suggestions that I made. So if you're anybody's interested in that, make sure you refer to that podcast. Number six, support your body's needs for detoxification, physical activity, and saunas help you create toxin throughout your skin and uh, breath. And by the way, you can actually get a hot tub or sauna and there you can get cheaper ones. Now they actually have ones that inflate. They're very good. I know somebody who has one of those. It's really, really cool. And you can use it in the summer. It has the actual, um, 
it has the actual motor that you can connect to it. It's like one of those uh, pools that you inflate. Well, they have one that's like a hot tub as well. And you have you put the chlorine in there and everything. And it's really, really cool. You can get in there and, you know, sauna or hot tub for 20 minutes, get out of it and shut it off. And the temperature gets really high to like 100 or 104. And then in the wintertime, you deflate it, put everything away, and you're good to go. So if those of you don't want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars of actually installing a hot tub or something like that, on your in your property or on your deck or anything like that take a look at that because those are pretty cool now number seven because your gut microbiome is disrupted from glyphosate based exposure again roundup right you must support your gut every single day okay how do we do that we can increase your dietary fiber intake to uh, to at least 25 to 40 grams of fiber per day Okay. Use pre, pro, and postbiotics to help beneficial gut flora thrive and detoxification. And uh, this is critical. Okay. This is all nutrition for the gut now is very, very critical. Um, for if you look at wellness resources supplements, which are the ones that we always recommend, take a look at top choices, fiber helper. It's great. It's tasty. It, it, uh, it's cholesterol lowering fiber that can be added to your diet take a look at superdophilus. Now, this provides the pre and probiotics with six beneficial strains of bacteria and uh, FOS, fructooligosaccharides. Okay. So take a look at those supplements when you're looking at that, but also take a look at the foods that you're eating that contain beneficial bacteria, garlic, onions, asparagus, bananas, inulin, pectin, starches, prebiotics, which feed your uh, beneficial bacteria like uh, and flora like kefir, yogurt, fermented vegetables, and uh, that provide probiotics as well. Okay. Uh, postbiotics are the outcome of the fiber that you feed your beneficial bacteria and are also known as short chain fatty acids like butyrate. And postbiotics are critical for bowel movements, uh, for removing waste, and for managing inflammatory reactions. So, Dietary fiber from unrefined grain, seeds, nuts, fruits, and vegetables, butter, apples, almonds, oats, uh, you know, um, or bananas, cooked and peeled potatoes, uh, and rice help your gut make short chain fatty, uh, fatty acids and postbiotics like butyrate. Now, number eight, nutrition, right? The, the nutrition, the, the overall nutrition package, right? Several nutrients have been shown to be helpful and are required in managing metabolic and oxidative stress effects of glyphosate and various cell and animal and in human studies. So we're going to take a look at, again, from wellness resources, glutathione, uh, glutathione ultra, activator plus, da uh, daily protector, eye and immune, which I love that supplement, by the way, Relax Mag, Muscle Mag, Trical, Quercetin, Repair Plus, Digestive Helper, which is the uh, enzymes, and Joint All, and Thyroid Helper. All these supplements can be used uh, for just overall nutrition when it comes to uh, helping you with this whole process. And then we, we also have Daily Detoxify and sulfur plus. They may be used for general purpose detoxification and they work synergistically with the above products. So check all those products out for wellness resources. Again, go to myvitaminresource.com to check those out. But 
these are just some simple tips uh, and that you can use to help for with detoxification. Again, we're all dealing with toxicity, right? Whether it's physical, chemical, or emotional toxicity, we're dealing with it every single day. But do your best to try to deal with it as best as possible and arm yourself as best as you can to get rid of toxicity. And uh, you will be glad that you did. Okay, next. This is a big study now. This is huge, brand new information on vitamin C. And I was excited when I saw this. This is combining vitamin C with antibiotics destroys cancer stem cells. Now, researchers found that a therapy, and by the way, this is from Medical News Today. Uh, they found that a therapy involving the antibiotic doxycycline and ascorbic acid, or vitamin C, was up to 100 times more effective for killing cancer cell, cancer stem cells than 2DG, which is a molecule currently being tested as an anti-cancer agent. Now, just so you guys know, 2DG, 2-deoxy-D-glucose, enhances the effect of chemotherapy against cancer cell lines in vitro and in vivo. So basically in, this, in, the, um, in people and also in, the, uh, in test tubes and, and different things like that. So what they found was that the combination of, of vitamin C and, the, and, and doxycycline actually had a, a huge effect on stem cells. Now, let's, let's talk a little bit about stem cells, for example, uh, for example because stem cells, when, when people go undergo uh, chemotherapy, okay, one of the things that tends to get left behind are cancer stem, stem cells. And what ends up happening is, yeah, you may get rid of the tumor and that type of thing, uh, whether it's from surgery or chemotherapy, it may shrink the tumor, you may get rid of it through surgery. But what ends up happening is a lot of times, cancer stem cells stay there and can reactivate later on. And this is one of the big reasons why people get a reoccurrence of all different types of cancer, because the stem cells have not been uh, eradicated. Okay. And stem cells are cells that have the ability to reproduce and transform into other types of cells. And studies have suggested that some cancer cells act in a similar way to stem cells. And again, they start reproducing and they can actually grow new tumors down the line, especially if they start to get a blood supply again. Now, here's what's interesting. So to reach their results, the researchers administered doxycycline, an antibiotic used to treat acne and pneumonia and other infections, uh, and uh, to the cancer stem cells in increasing doses over three months. The team explains that the antibiotic, and this is why they use the antibiotic, it induces a metabolic flexibility, meaning that it inhibits the cell's ability to switch fuel sources as a means of survival. So we know that cancer or tumors always has to have a source, right? In order for them to live, they have to establish, you know, they have to establish the source and they feed on, they, they tend to feed on sugar. Okay. And they have the supply to, they, one of the biggest things is they feed on sugar, but they also feed on iron. Okay. But sugar is one of their big ones. Right. And as a result, the cells are left with a, um, uh, just a glucose source of energy. So what happens is these antibiotics actually were able to stop the, um, uh, the cells from looking for an alternative source of fuel. Okay. So they were only left with the glucose source of energy. Now, by following up the doxycycline administration with doses of vitamin C, and the other thing I don't like about this is that they, 
didn't say how much vitamin C or how it administered. That was the only thing I'm not clear on in this. We need more information on this. But when they followed up the um, the doxycycline with the vitamin C, the researchers were also able to remove glucose from the cancer stem cells, which was kind of a second punch that adversely starved the cells to death. So the doxycycline stopped the cancer cells from looking for an alternative source. Then the vitamin C came in and was able to remove the glucose, that, that initial pathway that they were using to fuel themselves, eventually, which starved the cancer stem, stem cells to death and killed them, okay? And what they found is, and this I'm quoting from the, um, from the article, in this scenario, vitamin C behaves as an inhibitor of glycolysis, which fuels energy production in mitochondria, the powerhouse of the cell, okay? And this is what they say. This is what blew me away. This new therapy was almost a hundred times more effective than the two the two G therapy that the previous research was finding. Okay, so the vitamin C alone was ten times more effective than uh, for killing the stem cells, but once they added the vitamin C and the doxycycline, it went up to a hundred times more effective. Unbelievable. Now I'm not a big proponent of of um, of doxycycline. I'm not a big proponent of, of antibiotics by no means, because they do kill your gut bacteria. So, but obviously if you're dealing with something like cancer and uh, you're using this two-pronged approach, this is absolutely fantastic. This is amazing information. So I just thought this was very, very interesting. Brand new research on vitamin C, but it shows you how powerful vitamin C is. Vitamin C is extremely powerful. Of course, nobody in the mainstream talks about it, whether you're taking it orally, whether you're taking it by IV, however you're taking it, it is a powerful antioxidant. It is one of the most powerful antioxidants you will find on this planet, period. It is just amazing. I use it every single day and uh, I recommend people using it every day to strengthen your immune system. It, it just does so, some amazing things. So uh, I am a big proponent of vitamin C. So just some great research on this. I thought you guys would find this very interesting. And um, yeah, so I, I, I definitely want to see some more research on stuff like this. All right. And finally, from uh, this, I put a couple of articles on georgebatista.com. You can take a look at it. And one is called Drug Industry is Trying to Use Congress to take over supplements. And folks, this is this is very troubling. I mean, they've been trying to do this for a long time. Senator Dick Durbin or Richard Durbin is the sponsor of a new regulatory proposal, which is called the Dietary Supplement Listing Act of 2022. And under the new legislation, Nutritional, food-based, and herbal uh, supplements would be required to undergo the same pre-market approval process as drugs, limiting access and driving up the cost uh, of some of these most basic nutrients and superfoods. Now, you know what? They Again, they've been trying to do this for so long. It's been such an issue, and there's been constant fights back and forth and um, the alternative industries and the lawyers in the alternative industries and the supplement companies have gotten together and have stopped this many, many times. Now, if you look back in history, 
you know, we've had the Deshay Act, right? 1994 was when they passed the Deshay Act. And obviously, a lot of the pharmaceuticals and the FDAs were not happy about this act because they were trying to regulate supplements as, as, uh, as uh, you know, pharmacological drugs at that time. And when they passed the Deshay Act, basically they stopped that. Now in Europe, they um, a different thing happened. And I'm going to play a clip from Gretchen Debo. Uh, she was on a podcast talking about it because she was one of the actual, She just so you know, she is the executive and legal director of the Alliance for Natural Health. And she is one of the attorneys that has been on the forefront of this fight against the FDA and the pharmaceuticals. And, and she's been one of those that has been in the trenches actually, you know, squashing a lot of these proposals that have come up, especially since 2011. Okay. Cause Richard Durbin tried this in 2011 as well. And there was such a huge, massive, um, you know, campaign against it that they had to knock it down. There was all the supplement companies got together and people got together and they all wrote their senators and congressmen. And they said, we do not want this to pass. And it was struck down. But again, you know, they try it every, you know, every couple of years, they try to sneak something into the new legislation. Okay. And they're trying it again. Okay. So I'm going to play you a quick clip from Gretchen Dubo and she talks a little bit about it and she compares the United States versus what happened in Europe. And uh, again, she's on the forefront of this fight against this. So uh, let's just play a clip from her. It's a two minute clip so you can check out exactly what is going on. Deshea passed in 1994. I think you're aware of Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act. So that was the culmination of this when these issues arose. The public got really involved in the U.S. and pushed back and said, no, you can't take our supplements. And we had some champions on the Hill, Senators Hatch and Harkin, and it was a really big to-do. You even had Mel Gibson doing PSAs. I mean, everybody got involved. And the result of that was that Congress said dietary supplements are to be regulated as food and not drugs but that didn't really happen in the eu the eu the powers that be that are working on this sort of framework were successful and so you can see today what's happened in the eu and where we are in the us so the eu went along this trajectory and these things take a long time as you know policy takes decades um but where they are today you have Many countries within the EU have eliminated access to high-dose supplements. For example, you really can't find more than 1,000 IUs of vitamin D anywhere. They're limiting um, magnesium. They limit magnesium in all forms because they look at magnesium oxide, which is one form that has a tendency to create side effects of loose stools. So they look at the most, um, I guess, uh, sensitive supplement version that can cause more side effects in individuals and use that to regulate all versions of that supplement. Um, because of that, they eliminate access to magnesium glycinate, which we use to, you know, sleep and help maintain good magnesium levels all the time to really low levels. So, and in addition, they've also limited what you can say about supplements. There's incredible censorship over in, in Europe. And this is a continuing process. They're not done, but we can see what's happening in many different countries within the EU. So that's kind of, that's that's the goal. That's the end goal. In the US, we did have Deshay, and that was a huge blow for big pharma and the powers that be. So since the early 1990s, they've been trying to kind of find a way to reverse this. And, and that's where you come in with current efforts from the FDA 
and Senator Durbin that we're working on and have been working on since 2011. So that's what's going on right now. And folks, I'm going to tell you, if you, if the supplements end up having, if this, first of all, if this passes and the supplements have to go through this pre-market process, okay, pre-market approval process, any new formulation of a supplement. So let's say, for example, a supplement company wants to add a new ingredient to their supplements. They want to change the formulation or anything like that. It's going to have to go through the FDA. And the FDA is going to have to look at that, and it's going to have to go through what's called this pre-market approval process. Number one, it's going to cost a load of money for these supplement companies who, frankly, a lot of these small supplement companies don't have the money to be doing this type of thing. And number two, it gives the FDA the power because the FDA can look at that and say, nope, sorry, we don't like the way this looks. Nope. And say no. And they have the power to say yes and no to whatever they want. Okay. And do you think it's going to stop there? It's not going to stop there. Of course not. That'll be one little piece. Eventually, you know, they will start to put in more regulation and more regulation to eventually try to eliminate, just like the EU did, right? Just tr to try to eliminate your access to diet dietary supplements. And folks, any of you, if you want to keep your access to supplements, even if it's just a multivitamin or whatever it is, okay, you need to let you know to to take some action here. Now, the articles that I put up on georgebatista.com at the bottom have a link where you can actually send an email to your local representatives, and um, and you know, basically say what your displeasure is on this. The more people get, the more that people get involved in this process, the better chance we have of striking this legislate this legislation down because they're trying to sneak it in. They're trying to sneak it into all these other type of big bills. And this is how a lot of this stuff gets done. And I guarantee you do not want your, you do not want the FDA to have say over new formulations, over what, how much of the vitamin you should be able to take or not take, or how much is available. Again, like the, like the European Union has done, you don't want it to go that way. And like she said, they're not going to stop in the European Union. Okay. They, you know, they're already working on stuff to make it even worse. And we don't want to head down that path. So my suggestion, again, if you guys are, are you know, really want to uh, stop this process or just want to fight for this process, write your local representatives, tell them that you, you, you know, you do, you do not want this thing passed. Okay. And, you know, help the supplement companies out. We're just trying to get people healthy. That's all we're trying to do. We're trying to get people healthy because if they limit your access to supplements, what else will they do, right? They've already tried to force us to take all different types of therapies, right? They've been doing that the last couple of years. They're trying to force people to take all different types of drugs. And, you know, what I'm saying is we want to take responsibility for our health so we don't have to take those therapies, so we don't have to take those drugs, right? Because we know what those drugs come with. We know what the, the side effects of those drugs come with. We know how many people die. A hundred thousand, over a hundred thousand people each year die taking pharmaceuticals, taking pharmaceuticals the right way, responsibly, taking pharmaceuticals as prescribed. 
That's not counting medical errors. That's not counting, you know, the, the wrong prescription to the wrong person and that type of thing. Okay. Then you're going well over 200, 250,000 and more. Okay. So, you know, we know that supplement companies, um, we, they, listen, there are supplement companies out there. There are snake, you know, uh, there, there are kind of uh, snake oil salesmen out there. There are companies, small companies that are, you know, that are trying to promote things they shouldn't be promoting and making claims and stuff like that. Those are the, we're not talking about those folks. Those folks should be either put out of business or regulated. We're talking about the supplements companies that do the right thing. We're talking about supplement companies that make sure that they, their manufacturing processes are right. They list every single thing that's in there. They, they make sure that their quantities are scientifically studied in their, in their studies, clinically studied, and they make sure that they, um, they are transparent in their ingredients. Okay. Those are the supplement companies that you want. Those are the supplement companies that we work with and the ones that you want to make sure that we continue to have good access to. Okay. So all I'm saying is if you, you know, if you don't want to hand over the power to the FDA, please, 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 I beg you, any of you folks, make sure you write your local representatives, tell them that you are displeased with this and that you do, you know, that you have a problem with this and that you want to make sure that this thing gets, you know, struck down, period. Okay. Because again, folks, they're not going to stop there. I guarantee you they're not going to stop. They've been, they've been doing this since, since the Shea passed in 1994. Again, 2011, they tried this type of stuff. They try it every couple of years and, um, you know, we have to continue to fight. So that's just my soapbox for today, but, uh, I'm going to keep harping on this because, um, you know, I want my access, put it that way. Okay. I don't want to have to ask the FDA what I need to do, put it that way. All right. So, um, so that's it. All right. So anyway, thank you for joining me this week. Hope you guys have a great week. Hope you take care of yourselves and each other. And as always take control of your health. Bye-bye now.